Hey, my name is Jordan. I'm one of the pastors here at Soul Sanctuary, and we are thrilled that you decided to join us on the first Sunday of 2020. Come on, somebody, a little love for the new year. At Soul Sanctuary, we take a book in the Bible and we walk through it. We teach right through it from beginning to end, not skipping anything. And we're in the book of Matthew right now. We're finishing up the book of Matthew in the, uh, in the next month. I think by the end of January or the beginning of February, we will be done the book of Matthew, which ends our adventure there. Uh, but we're in this kind of three-week uh, middle ground right now. So last week, if you were with us, uh, the last Sunday of 2019, we talked about, uh, uh, about leaving a spiritual legacy and what does that look like to cultivate spiritual children in our community. Next week is our Life Group Launch Sunday. Uh, if you want to get involved in a Life Group here at Soul Sanctuary, which we believe is the next step that everybody should be taking, come back next Sunday. It's going to be all out in the atrium. Uh, the options for you to pick a Life Group will help match you with a group of people that you can do life together with. And then there is today. And today uh, we are uh, in the scripture, of course, because that's what we do. We preach from the Bible. But this morning, uh, it gives us a chance to follow up from our conversation last week. Uh, the, the, this morning is like step two to, to what step one was. Step one last week was us praying collectively together. God, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And today is the day that we take steps of obedience in response to the call of Christ on the life of his church, on the life of this community. Uh, th this morning is where we, where we roll up our sleeves a little bit and where we really put the rubber to the road when it comes to the work of making spiritual children like we talked about. Being the start of a new decade this morning is the perfect jumping off point uh, to, to, to dive into what it means to leave a spiritual legacy. And, and my goal this morning is to answer two questions for us. The first one is, who are we? Who is Soul Sanctuary? The second one is, where are we going? Where's this ship sailing? So, we turn to the scriptures, to the book of Matthew, chapter 16, verses 13 through 20. It's up on the screen. Let's read it together. When Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, Who do people say the Son of Man is? They replied, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, still others Jeremiah or one of the other prophets. But what about you, he asked, who do you say that I am? And Simon Peter answered, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus replied to him, blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by man, but by my father in heaven. And I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not overcome it. I will give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. So, who are we as Soul Sanctuary? The local church is a powerful unit. It's by the grace of Jesus Christ and the power of the Holy Spirit that the church gets to participate in the transformation of people. It's through the church that we come to know God. It's through confession and repentance in the church that we, we come to find freedom. 
It's through giving and serving that we come to know our purpose in this life and that we can make a difference in the world around us. The church is a powerful unit. At Soul Sanctuary, we have four family values. These family values, they bind us together. They guide our decisions. They, they, they make it really clear for us what's important and what's not important. Our first value that we hold as a collective is that we believe that the message of Jesus is for everyone. That no matter who you come from, what your past is, or where you're going, that Jesus desires a relationship with you. That the one who created the universe knows your name. We also believe that you can't do life alone. This is why we're heavy on pushing life groups. This is why this is so important to us. Because you as a human being are a social creature and you cannot live, you definitely can't thrive in isolation. We believe that you can't do life alone. You need a community of people around you who support you and who push you closer to Jesus. And it doesn't happen in an hour and a half on a Sunday. I mean, this is great and this is the start, but we believe in, in cultivating intentional community outside these four walls. We believe in taking the next step, our third family value. We never stop growing. We never stop learning. We don't mail it in at any point in our relationship with Christ. It doesn't matter if you're 16 or 60. We are continually taking next steps of obedience to Christ, following in his way, repenting of our sin, turning from the areas that had, or, 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 or the turning from the areas uh, where we were falling short of his glory and pursuing him. There's always a next step to take. That next step might be as concrete as baptism. Or it might be as abstract as, as figuring out how to loose the chains on your heart of bitterness. But there is always a next step that we strive for. Number four, we believe that we can make a difference. Through giving and serving, we affect change in the world around us. This is who we are. Uh, by giving and serving, we stand in, in, in utter contrast to the self-centered narrative of our world. That is what the church is to be. At Soul Sanctuary, we believe that the hope of the world, that the hope of the world is found in the Christ-centered, spirit-led local church. We don't put our trust in government structures, well important, well important, we don't put our trust in government structures to transform the world. Yes, we participate in our civic responsibilities. We obey scripture in that regard. You know, pay your taxes. But at the end of the day, that's not where our hope lies. Our hope lies in the fact that Jesus Christ is the son of the living God. And that he is active among us, transforming hearts and minds today. We are the church we are a peculiar people who are called to love one another. We are a people called to a lost and broken and hurting world. A people called to point others to Christ. Here at Soul Sanctuary, we preach Christ and Christ crucified. Our messages will not give you three tips to better living. But they will point you to Jesus who promises you life. On our staff team here, we have words that we don't say. 
Like if somebody says it, we're like, oh, you don't say that word. I know it sounds kind of weird. But we just say things over and over and over again until we're all on the same page and we all get the same point. One of the words we don't say is programs. So sanctuary does not offer you programs. We offer you ministries. We provide ministries. We co-labor together to point you to Jesus. Whether it's youth, kids, uh, divorce care, anything that, that, that this church participates in, it's a ministry. We're saying, hey, there's nothing that I can do as a valuable human being which will bring salvation to your soul, but I do know a God who loves you, and I do know a God who desires relationship with you, and I'm going to point you to him. We minister to the lost, to the hurt, to the broken people. At the end of the day, this place is to be a hospital. And if this place is to be a hospital and Jesus is to be our great physician, then you and I are paramedics then you and I have a commission on our life to show the good news of Jesus, to share the good news of Jesus with others. Proverbs 14.4 Where no oxen are, the manger is clean. But where much revenue comes, or but much revenue comes by the strength of an ox. Think about it. What it doesn't say is that the ox is dirty and messy and salivating in the manger and, you know, going to the bathroom in the corner. It doesn't say that, but it just makes the point clear. That, that where much revenue comes, where, where there's, where there's prosper, prosperity, it ain't that clean. And it's the same for us as the church. The people who make church messy are the very people that church exists for. They make it more meaningful. God is about people. He is about all people. We believe that the message of Jesus is for everyone. So we'll never come to the place, the soul sanctuary, where there is no more room for people. Here at Soul, we must be willing to make a mess to save a soul. I was walking out these doors last week after the first gathering. And I, I kind of shimmied down because I had to go to the bathroom. And uh, as I was going out the doors, my way was blocked. And there were two groups of people who were blocking my way. And I was like thinking, do I like go around? Will I make it? And the two groups of people that were blocking my way was one. It was a group of people who were just talking. And they're in a circle kind of right in front of the door. Bad spot to be, but that's okay. I'm going to let it go. They're in front of the door. They're talking. The group right next to them is a group of people in a circle laying hands on one another and praying for each other. And I'm thinking, I really got to pee right now. But man, what other community would I love to be a part of than a community of people that block the door because they're hanging out with one another and they're praying with one another? Right in the atrium. I mean, this is what we're about at Soul Sanctuary. Fostering genuine relationships between one another and pushing each other closer to Jesus. Praying for one another. Soul Sanctuary is a community of spiritual refuge for all people. We're a community based in the grace of God to facilitate repair for those who are hurting. And we're a community that rejuvenates, that empowers, that equips people to fulfill their God-given destiny. That's who we are at Soul Sanctuary Church. So where are we going? Let's go to our text. Verse 13, when Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say the Son of Man is? 
They replied, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, still others, Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. But what about you, he asked, who do you say that I am? And Simon Peter answered him, you are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. Jesus asks, who, who do people say the Son of Man is? He's getting at them. He's saying, who, who do people say that I am? And they kind of give a roundabout answer, and he's like, no, who do you say that I am? And among the disciples, it's, it's Peter who speaks up. And he makes a proclamation of who Jesus is, who Peter believed that Jesus was. And this proclamation here in Matthew 16 changes the course of Jesus' ministry. All of a sudden, Jesus is identified as the promised Messiah of Israel. He is identified as the Son of the living God, and his disciples live differently because of this realization. And today, we are called to live differently because of this realization. Peter's answer ushered in a new reality. John tells us in John 3, verses 16 and 17, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him will not perish, but will have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Jesus, God's Son, came into the world to save it, to usher in a new kingdom, his heavenly kingdom here on earth. Everything his disciples did was in response to their understanding of who Christ was. Everything we do is in response to our understanding of who Christ is. What does a life of response to the person of Jesus Christ look like? Undeniably, it looks like loving God and loving those around us. In Matthew 22, verses 37 to 40, track with me, it's on the screen. Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and the greatest commandment. The second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All of the law and of the prophets hang on these two commandments. If you and I really get Christianity... If you, if you are a follower of Christ in here today, and you really get Christianity, you know, it's sinking into your soul, then the test of this thing is how much you love those around you. When you love God, and you love others, it's fruit and evidence of the fact that God is in your life. You begin to serve your neighbor. You begin to be generous to other people. Loving both God and our neighbor are deeply connected. The way that we love an invisible God is by loving a visible neighbor. You can't remain unloving to your neighbor and claim to love God. We're here on mission, this church wholeheartedly to love God and to love those around us. And we're here to tell the whole world about the good news of Jesus Christ and the love that God has for them. That out of an overflow of God's love, he sent his son Jesus, the Messiah, the son of the living God, 
the one who offers us hope and life eternal, that we might have right relationship with him. You and I, Soul Sanctuary, are called to love, and we do it for the sake of Christ. We respond to the good news of Jesus that out of a deep love, God moved first. Verse 17, blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, a.k.a. Peter, for this was not revealed to you by man, but by my Father in heaven. And I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not overcome it. I'll give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. So where are we going? We are going to be the church that Christ commissioned. I ask you this morning, what direction is your life trending? The decisions you made this week. The character that is being cultivated by the practices that you regularly participate in. What direction is your life trending? Think about it for a moment. Are you drawing closer to Christ? Or are you falling further away from him? Are you pursuing Christ with everything that you have? Or are you putting him on the back burner and living a life of comfort? Peter here is being commissioned by Christ. And he didn't really know what he was signing up for. That's made evident by the way that he acts later on. I mean, he makes this proclamation that, yes, you are the Messiah. You are the Son of the living God. But later on, Peter disowns and and ends up completely rejecting Jesus. But as we learned when we were going through the story of Peter's denial in Matthew, Jesus restores Peter. That Peter's life offers, offers a tangible hope for you and for me, no matter where we are in our relationship with Christ, that Christ will continue to restore us back to him, no matter where we are. And so there's restoration for you, no matter where you're at this morning. God's not done with you yet. Whether you, whether you can identify that you're trending in the right direction, I mean, God's got plans for you here. Whether you can identify that maybe you're not trending in the right direction and further away from Christ instead of towards him, God's got plans for you yet. So what will you bind on earth this year, this decade, for the rest of your life? What lasting spiritual legacy will you cultivate so that when you look Christ in the face, he'll look back and say, well done, my good and faithful servant? Is the life you're living one of absolute dedication to the cause of Christ? Through Peter, Jesus establishes his church, a group of people dependent on Christ in everything, wholeheartedly, not half-heartedly, wholeheartedly pursuing his mission on earth. So I ask you, where do you fit into the church then that Christ commissioned through Peter? the risk of offending some of you right now to the point where you'll never come back firmly fixed in my mind I say this if you found yourself saying things like I'm just church shopping trying to find a church that meets my needs 
or I'm just not being fed where I'm at, my heart's beating really fast, then you must know that these are telltale signs that you are a consumer who's on the hunt for a place of comfort and not radically seeking the face of Jesus through his church. For me, when times are tough as a pastor, trust me, you make it really hard sometimes, and you see a church you could work at that's thriving on Instagram, I mean, the temptation is there to give them a call or to click on the career page. But I recognize that that temptation is one that I need to flee from because I'm here come hell or high water because God's called me here. And I also recognize that fleeing from my problems is a lot easier than doing the hard soul work of reconciliation, of reconstitution, and of sticking around long enough to see rejuvenation. When you're church shopping, you're seeking out a version of Jesus that is most palatable to you. And it's a danger. When you notice that you begin to embody consumerist attitudes towards Jesus, you are in need of repentance. These attitudes are not compatible with the church that Jesus established through Peter's faith in Matthew 16. The church, and more specifically, Soul Sanctuary, we ain't a cruise liner. There's no pina coladas here. There ain't one program for you to take part of. I have zero desire of entertaining you. I have zero desire to serve you. Rather, Soul Sanctuary is a battleship. We sleep in steel bunks and eat rations out of a can. We're more concerned with how we serve other people than how we are being served ourselves. We put aside our selfish interests and prioritize the interests of others. We're on a battleship where camaraderie runs deep because you know that the person sitting next to you is about something that's bigger than themselves. You know that they're not building their own kingdom. That they're building the kingdom of Jesus here on earth. That's who we are. Together we seek the face of Christ. Jesus Christ, the Messiah, the Son of the living God, just like Peter declared him to be. Theologians identify two hallmarks of a church on a macro level. The first is a confession of Jesus Christ as a divine Son of God. The second is following Jesus as the suffering Christ. When we choose to abandon our own personal comfort, when we choose to no longer look out after number one, but put others before us, you find yourself cleaving to the words of Jesus for a strength that you didn't know you needed. You find yourself going to the scriptures for daily sustenance. You find yourself leaning on your brothers and sisters in Christ as they support you. You begin to take leaps of faith. 
that you would have never embarked on if you didn't stay in your comfortable cloister. Jesus tells us that the gates of hell will not overcome his church, that all the evil in this world will not overcome the good that will result from people following Jesus. This is a declaration of victory in the middle of a war, that Christ and his church will stand now and forever until we see him clearly face to face. Throughout the New Testament, we see three recurring metaphors to describe the Christian life, that of a farmer, an athlete, and a soldier. The most hard-working people that I know, the most disciplined and well-trained people that I know are farmers, are athletes, and are soldiers. As followers of Christ, acting in response to the gift of salvation, in response to the gift of faith that God gives us to believe in Him, we are called to be on mission for the restoration of the world through Jesus Christ. This means that we share the love of Jesus the best we know how. It means that I'm inviting people to church to hear the gospel preached. It means I'm inviting them to my life group as inconvenient as they are. But I'm inviting them to my life group so they can experience Christian community. So they can experience somebody praying for them. I'm on my knees praying for my friends, and I talk, 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 talk about what God has done in my life. Romans chapter 1, verses 16 and 17. For I am not ashamed of the gospel, because it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes, first to the Jew and then to the Gentile. For in the gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed, a righteousness that is by faith, From first to last, just as it is written, the righteous will live by faith. Brother, you scared me. (laughs) I'm like, somebody didn't like what I said. We believe in the power of this gospel that Paul writes about. It takes all of the pressure off of us. There is nothing that you as an individual can do to save somebody's soul or to bring salvation. Nothing at all. The pressure is on the spirit of the living God. Instead, we cling to Christ, following his leading, following his guiding, and acting obediently to the life that he has called us to live. We go and make disciples. We baptize those who believe. We teach them to obey. We don't just teach them. We teach them to obey everything that Christ has commanded. This is who we are, where we're going, and what we do. This is what 2020 looks like at Soul Sanctuary. Like a good soldier, I'm going to sit above the battle plan and map out a strategy. Like a farmer, a good farmer, I'm going to know my fields. I'm going to know the yield that they return. I'm going to do some market research. Like a good athlete, I will care for each part of this body and all of its members. There is nothing we can do at Soul Sanctuary. No right combination of lights. No right decibel level from the soundboard. No program. There's nothing that we can do to orchestrate a work of God. So I'm going to be ready for all things. 
but I'm going to focus my efforts and energies on bringing God glory. Through the way I live and the way I conduct myself with others, through the love that I show to this community and to strangers on the street. I'm going to live a life of righteousness by faith in Jesus Christ, and I implore you to do the same. Here's the deal. This church soul sanctuary will continue to preach Christ throughout all of our ministries. We will hold ourselves to presenting the gospel, whether it's to kids, junior high, youth, on Sunday mornings as we preach through the Bible. We believe that the message of Jesus is for everyone, that life with Jesus changes you dramatically. That life with Jesus is the best life possible. And so we will commit to preaching the gospel. When Lauren and I led wildlife youth, we used to say to our students, we don't do ministry for you, we do ministry with you. That we're on a team. That we're on a battleship. And you might be the cook, or you might man a gun. But we all got a role. So here's where we're going. We're calling you to a deeper commitment to the cause of Christ and the growth of his church. His church will continue no matter what. This is not a desperate plea for survival. This is a call to a level of righteousness and holiness. It's a call for you to live your life on mission for Jesus Christ. There's a threefold call. The first one is this. Get rooted in a local church. Like, get rooted in a local church. Um, again, in youth ministry, sometimes parents would come up and be like, oh, like, hey, I'm so sorry. Like, my kid doesn't like coming to youth here, so they won't be back. It's like, hey, that's chill. You know, the loud music and the jumping high school students it might not be for everybody, but do they have a youth group that they're going to? Yeah, totally. They're going to Oasis down the street. Well, praise God. That's all I care about. So you here, get rooted in a local church. If it's Soul Sanctuary, great. If it's another church in the city, fantastic. Do they love Jesus? Perfect. Don't complain that you're not getting fed when you ain't got no roots to feed you. Psalm 1. Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked or stand in the way that sinners take or sit in the company of mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on his law day and night. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do prospers. Who prospers? Not the one who hears the best sermon. Who prospers? Not the one who gets fed on Sundays. The one who prospers is the one who meditates on the law of the Lord. So get connected into a community of faith. If it's here, start with growth track. Some of you in this community, you've been here for a long time and you feel disconnected. My challenge for you is get back into growth track. You may have taken it as like an obligation because you served somewhere in 2017 when we rolled it out. Get back in growth track. 
I can guarantee you that by the end of Growth Track, you will understand your purpose in this church and the gifts that God has given you, understanding your personality, which is the vehicle that delivers those gifts, and how you can help build the mission of Jesus Christ through his local church. The second part of this call is a call for you to make a difference in your community by giving and serving. If Soul Sanctuary is your home church, then tithe here. Anything is something. But see how God continues to be faithful as you give. If Soul Sanctuary is your home church, serve here. Over the course of the next two months, Pastor Joe McClellan and I, we're kind of reworking a couple things on how our Sunday teams look. Getting behind the scenes scoop here. Our desire is, is that we could bring our friends to church, to Seoul, and that they can be met with an overt level of hospitality, where they recognize the love that we have in our hearts that pours out for somebody who's walking through the door for the first, second, or third time. That something about this place is different. And so with that, we're going to need some people, some more people. Be a servant leader in this community. Young life and wildlife youth. I know our, our junior highs are in here. Yo, I see a whole bunch of you right there. There is absolutely no reason why you can't contribute the gifts that God has given you to this community. Absolutely no reason. High school students, where do you serve? Call your friends to come serve with you. Man, I, I, can, I know story after story after story after story of people who have come to know Jesus because somebody invited them. And not just invited to come, but invited to participate. Young adults, many of you serve on Friday nights in an incredibly high capacity, and for that, I'm thankful. But a lot of you just come on Sundays to come. I'm calling you in this new year to come and invest on Sundays. Not just participate, not just be a part of this, but to invest, to serve on Sundays. You guys know how to be hospitable to others. And we're calling on you for an elevated level of giving in the time that you are already here. Because if we don't do this for you, we do it with you. Single adults. Whether your singleness is truly a gift from God and you understand it that way or whether you see your singleness as a cross to bear. Scripture is overtly clear that there is a purpose for you being single. The course of my academic study this last semester as I pursued my master's degree was on singleness in the church. We're going to talk about this in our Relationship and Sexuality series, so make sure you're there for that. But an undeniable fact when we go to the scripture that the purpose of being a single adult is that you are free from life's worries and cares, and you can invest that into the mission of Jesus Christ. Don't underestimate God's ability to use you in the current season that you are.
single parents. Don't underestimate the ability of a church family to come alongside you as you raise your children. Don't underestimate your ability to show others the love and the grace that you have received from Jesus Christ. Married adults with and without children, how can you as a family unit invest into the life of the local church? What are the gifts that God has given you? What are the gifts that God has given your children to build his kingdom? In what areas are you gonna make a difference? It's okay for you to drag your kids to church and make them serve. Hear me out on this. You know what's best for your kids. And you happen to attend church in an environment that welcomes them in hospitably. When we make serving others, specifically in the church, a matter of religious obligation or moral conduct, we crush our kids. But when we make service in the church a response to the goodness of God in our lives, then we give our kids a chance to experience Jesus in a way that they never, or that they otherwise wouldn't have. People in here who are older, you decide if you fit into that category. Those of you who have known Jesus for a long time, I call on you as the spiritual mothers and fathers of this community to invest into the lives of young people. If you need purpose in this life, I mean, you're retired or whatever else, you, you feel like you're floundering. If you need purpose in this life, I have a hundred opportunities for you to make a difference, but each one is gonna cost you greatly. It's gonna inconvenience the heck out of you and it's gonna make you pull out all the hair that you have left. I don't care your age and I don't care your lot in this life. Jesus is looking for people who are available to be put into the service of his church so that others might come to know Christ. That's what we're on about. So that others may come to know. Finally, the third part of this call. In 2020, when you bring somebody to Soul Sanctuary, we're going to accept them as they are, as members of our family. We're going to offer hospitality, but more importantly, we will preach the good news of Jesus. When you invite a friend to life group, we're going to create spaces and environments where they can share and experience life together. When those you invite are asking questions, we're going to take the time to meet with them, to talk with them, to teach them, and to encourage them through whatever it is they're going through. We're going to challenge them to take a next step. Our desire is to see people know God, to find freedom, to discover purpose, and to make a difference in this life. And we will put all of our energies and all of our resources to fulfilling this mission. And here's the catch. We can't invite your neighbor for you. God has put you in a very specific time, in a very specific place, so that you may influence those around you with the good news of Jesus, so that you might show love. He's called you to be a faithful witness of hope in a hopeless world. And that is the call of this church. It is the call on each one of us who calls Soul Sanctuary home. And if you are offended and you're leaving, 
It's also the call on your life, just so you know. So I ask you simply, are you in? Are you in? At the Joy Baskets and at the Welcome Center and at soulsanctuary.ca slash serve is a simple call to action, if you will. Fill out a card that's there that says serve or go online and fill out the form that says serve and we'll be in touch with you this week. The dreams we have for this place are just going to require a deeper level of investment. But the fruit that will come of it is people coming to know Jesus as we remain faithful to what he has called us to do, to where he has put us in our city, in our province, in this nation, and in this world. We're in this together. So I'm in. Are you? Like Paul, Paul the Apostle, let us become all things to all people so that by all possible means, we might save some. And let's do this all for the sake of the gospel that we might share in its blessings. I believe that the hope of the world rests in the Christ-centered, spirit-led, local church. To you. Would you stand with me? Next week, Life Group Launch Sunday. Come, get in, involved in a life group. We have a guest speaker, Gabe Pinocchio. He's like an Instagram theologian. Just Google him. You'll see him. He's great. He's going to bring the word for us. Let's pray. Glorious Father, we thank you for showing us how great your love is by sending Jesus Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. And we thank you for the precious gift of eternal life through Christ Jesus, our Lord. We will praise your name forever and ever. For you have all wisdom and power, and we put our hope in you, Lord. You are our help and our shield, and our hearts rejoice in you, for we trust in your holy name. And we commit ourselves to sharing the gospel with family members, friends, co-workers, and our enemies. And we will fulfill the Great Commission by going into all the world and preaching the good news to everyone without prejudice. We confess that as your word is preached throughout the world, it will convict hearts of the unsaved. As the body of Christ, we are not ashamed to tell the, good, the world the good news of Jesus Christ. For we know it is the power of God at work saving everyone who believes. We thank you and we love you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. In times old, the one giving a blessing would extend hands. The ones receiving the blessing would do likewise. If you want a blessing, no magic, no tricks. A blessing from Scripture, would you extend your hands? So sanctuary, as you go, may you reflect the love of God to all creation. Loving your neighbor as yourself and bringing glory to God in everything that you do. May you go confidently declaring that Jesus Christ is the Messiah, the Son of the living God. May you go to give, to serve, and to share the good news with all who you meet. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Be blessed and we'll see you next week.